0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Points in the Paint. I am Sam, and I'm joined by Danny. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about some basketball. NBA season is getting ready to kick off tomorrow, so we're going to do a little preview and talk about just all things NBA. Yeah,
1: man, it's, uh, season's looking good. I'm I'm ready for uh, I'm ready for tomorrow. I know, like for me, with the gambling aspect of it, I've been. I've been looking at these lines for like over a week now. I've been I've been itching and waiting. But um yeah, especially with all the the deadlines for the extensions today. I think it's uh, this week's gonna be really fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked at some bets earlier today too, and some of the player pop ups are kind of crazy. Like they had Jokic uh points, rebounds, and assists over 50. And I was like, it's just so hard to tell what's gonna happen that first game. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the season. And speaking of extensions, yeah, we've just seen that um, Giannis just signed a three-year extension with the Bucks. Um, Obviously, we haven't been on for a while. Um, and we know um, a couple weeks ago, Damian Lillard got traded from Portland uh, to Milwaukee to team up with Giannis and Chris Middleton and, uh, and the Bucks and try to bring home another championship to, to, to Milwaukee. So I think that extension will probably keep Giannis and and Dame in Milwaukee for at least three more years, if I'm correct. I guess four if you count this year. So um, well time on the Bucks part.
1: Yeah, and that was definitely something that I remember a couple of months ago there was the big thing when they asked Giannis if he signed an extension and he said if they're not trying to aim for a championship and building a contender, then then he wasn't going to sign an extension. So – it was really good that, um, you know, they made that trade. I mean, obviously anyone that's a Bucks fan, they all loved Juver Holiday. Yeah. Um, but it was a trade you had to make. Would you, it's the same thing with, um, you know, it reminds me of, like, the Kawhi Leonard trade when no one in Toronto wanted to lose to Rosen, but you got a championship out of it. So you kind of just take the good with the bad there.
0: Yeah. You know, it's really, you know, we as fans, we look at it from that perspective. But it's obviously being a player, could you imagine, like, you're living in Portland and all of a sudden, oh, you got to move to Milwaukee uh you go, gotta move here, you know, just relocating all over. Uh so that's just the, the dynamics of sports that we're never a part of or privy to of. Um and just speaking of, you know, the Bucks, are they do you think they're the favorites to come out of the East, you know, after adding Dame? Do you have another team in the East that you're that you're leaning towards?
1: I I think I think if it's I I'm I'm cautious on them this year. Um I think because that's a whole that's a whole new dynamic for both of them that they both have to get through is going from it's just me and hopefully someone gives me an extra 15 to where now it's two players who at any point can go off. Um if it's not them it's it's got to be the Celtics. I I think the the Sixers window is closed and I just I just don't see anyone else coming out of the East except for those two teams.
0: Yeah, I think the Celtics are loaded, and I could totally see the Celtics coming out of the East. Um, adding Porzini, it's Andrew Holiday, um is big. Uh, I mean, obviously losing smart um, for Boston was probably um, uh, a bad move, but um, Boston drafted a guy, and I saw him play this year too. He's in college basketball, um, looking up his name now, but he can literally come in and and do everything that Marcus Smart did. He's already a defensive g- guy, anyways. Um, I can't think of his name. Oh, there he goes, Jordan Walsh. Um, and he played at Arkansas. And I remember watching him. They beat Kansas in the NCAA tournament last this past season. And yeah, he's a six-six. So he's and he's just you know he can come in and play defense. He can play defense right now for NBA team. So if he can give you that defense that Marcus Smart used to give you along with Derek White and along with Drew Holiday. You can replace Marcus Smart, you know, defensively. And then Drew Holiday's playmaking, Derek White's playmaking and shooting. So I think Boston is still probably the prohibitive favorites to come out of the East. I'm looking at the roster now. And, you know, Chris Stops, Virginia, and they still got Al Horford. Um, losing Robert Williams kind of sucked too. They might leave them a little vulnerable in the paint, but I think Boston is probably um, a team to beat in the East. And I yeah. agree with you on Philly that their window has closed for Philly.
1: Yeah, and I think I think the big the big thing for me um, with the Celtics was I, Holiday is a good replacement for Smart. He gives you a little bit less of the defensive energy, but he's going to give you more scoring wise. Um, but the big thing is Robert Williams to me. I thought that was really shocking they put him in the trade because also with losing Grant Williams, you're you're leaving your your uh, your front court up to a 36 year old Al Horford and. Porzingis, who hasn't played a full season but once in his career. So you're really kind of banking on him to stay healthy. And I mean, looking at it, you got, like you said, Walsh, but then the only real big man you have is Luke Cornette, who can't really play more than 10, 15 minutes a game. So yeah. you really got to hope you're really relying on Porzingis to stay healthy this year with that kind of aggressive physical play that Boston's been playing.
0: Wonder if they're going to look to maybe add another veteran, big man, uh, signing somebody. I know Dwight Howard's name has been floated around a lot. It's back up big, potentially. Um, What's the other guy? They had uh, Greg Monroe last year. Maybe they might bring him back, uh, too. He's only 33 if they did, that's the case. But I definitely agree with they're going to need to shore up their interior paint defense, because that's going to be a problem as the season goes along. there's still some other teams in the East, like the Cleveland's and the uh, Miami's. I mean, I think Miami will probably be a top five, top I mean, six team, um, and they're you know they'll play their best basketball in uh, May. But looking at the Eastern Conference now, the Knicks are going to be you know they're going to be tough. You know, the Knicks I think they'll be right. They'll probably be top four, top five in the East. I don't know if they can come out the East, but. They're going to be tough, you know. Tom Thibodeau teams play hard, um, and I've been watching a lot of the Brooklyn Nets in the uh, preseason. And Ben Simmons, he, I mean, he's looking good. You know, Brooklyn could be a scary team. I don't know how far they can go, but I mean, if you look at their starting lineup, like Simmons six ten, Bridges is like six eight, Cam Johnson six ten, Claxton six. They got a lot of length and Dinwiddie. So I think Brooklyn they might be a five hundred team. Um, I like what Indiana did in the offseason. Um, I don't know. Um, I like what Orlando's been doing. They got a lot of young talent. Um, Cleveland, I think, would be up there as well, um, building off last year. Not sure what to expect with Toronto. Um, but, yeah, the East is uh, – you have, your top, obviously, your top tiers. You have your Boston, your Milwaukee's, and, I, and then you have your second tiers, um, like the New York Knicks and Cleveland. And, I mean, heck – even Atlanta, like, you know, what, what's Atlanta going to do this year with uh, Murray and Trey Trey Young back? So it'll be interesting to see how the East unfolds. Um, still, it's just really, really too early to tell um, just because we haven't seen anything and we haven't even accounted for injuries yet. So,
1: Yeah, and I think... I think like you said, the, pace, the Pacers are really high on my list. I think yeah. as much as being in New York, Obi Toppin is like the spirit of the Knicks. Like he's one of the fans, yeah. but he, he had to, I think he had to go and he's he's going to get actual opportunity um, in a system that fits him a lot better out in Indy. Yeah. Indie. Um, yeah. I think the team for me to watch this year is the Bulls, because if they, if they struggle to start, then I'm, I think they're going to pull the plug. I think they're going to send DeRozan and Levine out somewhere. Um, they're they're definitely like at a point now. I think they were looking one year to fight for a, uh, you know a top three spot, and now they're looking at fighting for a play in spot and hoping they can keep up with teams like Toronto and Atlanta. So I think a struggle for them to start, or even like a couple injuries, is going to I think it's going to force them to just go ahead and pull the plug on it and try to rebuild around you know whatever you can get. For DeRozan and Levine, and you know, Desanmu Mu and if you can keep Pat Williams, Pat Williams.
0: Yeah, I didn't mention the Bulls because I I don't know what to expect for them. I'm hoping that they they play off that continuity that they have last year. Obviously, Demar and Zach's been playing together for a while. Same thing with Kobe. So a lot of the core has been together. Vucevic, um, but I do agree. Like if, if doesn't if it doesn't pan out. Um, at the beginning of the season, I could see the Bulls being sellers. I could see Billy Donovan being let go of. The thing that kills me with the Bulls is our player development. So our young guys haven't developed as rapidly as other guys. Like Pat Williams hasn't developed as much as he should. I think at this point, Kobe White, he's going on his fifth year, uh, assuming, so I got, our young guys had to develop. Dolan Terry, I want to see what he can do. Um, How is his development going? So even if you do get rid of – um Demar and, and Zach, and you get rid of Donovan. You gotta you gotta address that player development uh, aspect if you're the Chicago Bulls, and that's literally why I left them out of the equation. They're like the biggest question mark, and I know like they've been projected to have a really bad season, but I'm hoping continuity kicks in. And I mean, they, from top to bottom, they do have a roster. They have bigs. They got they got Bucerich, They got Drummond. They got wing players. They got perimeter guys. Um, did we solve the point guard problem? I'm not sure, so only time would tell with the bull. So that'd be another big question mark. Yeah, uh, and the,
1: the big thing is too, is I I honestly think they could survive another year if they get rid of Donovan this year before the rebuild. Because if you, if you look at the way his systems worked in the NBA, it's only worked for the Thunder because the system was get the ball to one person and let everyone else stand at the side. And when he's trying to run that system around to Rosen, it's hurting the team more than it's helping. And I mean, I mean, if you watch the games last year, Levine would could go off for 40 and they would still give the ball to DeRozan Rosen with 10 seconds left. Yeah. So it's, I think, I think him going is the first step uh, before they do anything. But um, with the Rosen wanting to go out to LA and the Clippers, you know, want, or Clippers and the Lakers both kind of were looking at him at the trade deadline last year. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in California.
0: Um. By the end of the season, yeah, that's true. That is that is true. And and Donovan can tweak his system. You know, just more ball movement can be. I mean, so much make this team so much more better. They have other weapons, obviously Zach and 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 DeMar can easily go off. But then getting guys like Pat Williams, you know, good looks, you know, in their comfort zones. Kobe White, you know, Vucevic throwing the ball down to him in the post. You have a a, a balanced team. So yeah, Donovan's kind of got to tweak his scheme and I don't know if he's he's gonna do that at this point so we'll we'll see with them. Uh want to see what how Philadelphia does this year with all that James Harden chatter you know that's I was kind of hoping he'd be moved before the season started. Um but I think even last week I read an article about how um they tried to trade him to the Clippers for Terrence Mann and the, the Clippers rejected that trade. They didn't want to let go of Terrence Mann for for James Harden. So that's really really telling if you're James Harden, like to where you know where you're at now. But um Philly right now as it currently stands, they wouldn't be able to really challenge much teams. You know, regular season they might be good, but they'll just um be they'd have enough in the playoffs to even got the first round. So
1: yeah, I I think this is another se- season that if they can't get that trade done, it's gonna be Embiid having to put up an MVP type performance to keep them alive. Um, I was actually shocked about the Terrence man thing too. I had seen something that um, it kind of made a little bit more sense because <coughs> Kawhi, Kawhi has a player option at the end of this year, mm-hmm. and if he if he decides to go free agency and they don't sign him, I know a couple people have been saying over the last year or two that he's uh, the way the Clippers have been played, he's not gonna he might not resign. Um, if if you have to you know rebuild do a short rebuild. Terrence Mann's going to be more of your guy than hoping maybe if we bring in James Harden for one year, um, that'll help. Because if they if they did that trade, then that's going to instantly start the rebuild. And as a Thunder fan, I'm wanting that because that means we get an unprotected first-round pick that's going to be a top-ten pick for the next three years. So I'll gladly take that. But at, the thing with Harden is he's ruined his trade value just by every time, if anything doesn't go his way, he's just, all right, I want out. You know, like, everyone talks about Kyrie did it in, you know, Brooklyn. He did it in Cleveland. Um, James Harden has done it four times now, Um, going to where he wanted. He's even admitted to saying, like, that, oh, I thought this winning a chip was going to be easy if I played with two other star players. And then he just kept – he keeps going, bouncing team by team. So, I don't think anyone – I don't think he's at the level he used to be that's worth a rental. Yeah.
0: I agree. You set the thunder on your team.
1: Oh yeah, okay, C fan.
0: Man, you guys have like thirty draft picks. It's that's like, that's like, why it's, I'm hoping
1: we just get rid of some draft picks. Like, it's, at least, yeah, at this point, take take Malcolm Brogdon or take back Jeremy Grant or get some kind of veteran yeah. on your team and give one of these struggling teams like two or three of your picks. Like you, like I. Like by the end of the next five years, the first 10 picks in the draft are going to all be the Thunder picks.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Like like it's, you. But they're they're sitting pretty, you know. I mean, then we can kind of ch- jump over to the Western Conference. Um, I love the Thunder's backcourt with Shea and Josh Giddey. Josh Giddy's one of my favorite point guards, just the way he orchestrates the offense and the way he moves the ball. Um, I think OKC's okay going to take that next step this year, too. They'll probably be in the playoffs, um, especially Chet, could stay healthy. Um, they just and man, I mean they have so much so much young talent. Like they could just you know, these teams are just young. They just they just don't know any better. So they'll, I been mean, definitely think they're primed to uh, make the playoffs this year in the West. Um, but obviously in the West you have your heavy hitters. You have Phoenix. You have um, Denver coming off the championship. Um, and then you have Phoenix with you know the big three with, with Durant, Booker, and Beal. Uh, and then you have your other teams too Golden State Clippers, Lakers, Sacramento, Memphis, Dallas. All these teams are expecting you know the Pelicans if they can stay healthy. All these teams are gonna you know be buying, you know to try to knock off Denver. So in the Western Conference, who would you say is the is the top of the top right now?
1: See and such I think I think the West has more questions than the East cuz a lot of teams if they didn't make a big roster adjustment it was small key ones um I still until I'm proven wrong um it's it's Denver's conference because they when you watch them play they don't even look like they're trying and part of that's because Jokic really just does not care about basketball and he's putting up those kind of numbers but I like you got you got a guy who's just casually walking on the floor putting up 30 and 15 a game. I'll I'll take that team almost every single time. Um because we saw it too when he actually tried in the playoffs, he was putting up like Wilt Chamberlain like numbers. Um I think but I think other than that, I I don't see anyone other than Phoenix competing this year. I think every I think the Warriors start their decline this year. I don't think the Lakers have what they I don't the Lakers don't have what they need to get to that level I think they'll they can make a Western Conference Finals again but I just don't unless they make a couple trades at the deadline I I just don't think they have what it takes to get over that hump Um, and then everyone else I think is just fighting for some kind of like conference semifinal or conference final appearance
0: Yeah, the thing that I think, I don't know, well, Denver, you know, they still got, obviously, Jamal Murray and uh, Jokic and Aaron Gordon. I wonder how much is going to be a loss. I wonder how much is going to affect them losing Bruce Brown. And, um, yeah, losing Bruce Brown, high energy, guy off their bench. Um, Obviously, they still have – they're still a deep team. I like Christian Braun kind of stepping into that role and um, being that, that sixth man. Um, but yeah, Denver's obviously one of the, the top, the complete team. So you kind of want to put them up there by default. Uh, Phoenix, I don't know. I'm still, because, you know, those three, the big three, they get hurt so much, nicked up so much. I don't imagine them all playing a full season. In, but I know Phoenix did make some moves like getting Nurkage and getting some other complementary pieces around them. So I still think Phoenix can be good. Um, I just got to see what they do on a defensive end. But fortunately, they have a defensive minded coach in Frank Vogel. Um, the Lakers, I don't, I, I think the Lakers too can all, you know, with LeBron being 38 going on 39 and AD being injury prone, I can see them also suffering and having to, having a decline, uh, this year too. I still think they have enough to make the playoffs, but how far they go in the playoffs is going to be a, a whole nother subject, just depending on the health of LeBron and AD, uh, some nice young upstart teams in the, in the West. I like Sacramento. I think they'll they'll definitely do their thing. I uh, want to see what Minnesota does um, this year. Carl Anthony Town and Anthony Edwards. I mean, Anthony Edwards is probably going to have a really good year. Uh, Golden State. I think Golden State needs to add some more veterans. Um, I don't know if they're if they're intending to start CP3. I don't think that's a good move. I would rather he come off the bench, um, but. We'll see with Golden State. And then Memphis, you really can't judge Memphis until Ja comes back. They just lost Stephen Adams, so that's kind of tough. But I think the Pelicans, if, if Zion stays healthy, they could be a force. You know, they, I mean, they – Brandon Ingram, Zion, CJ McCollum, um, not to mention all the other pieces. So I think the Pelicans might be a team to watch because they were, you know, at the top of the Western Conference last year up until uh, – um bi brandon ingram, ingram got hurt and then the clippers i bet the clippers would be one of the top teams too maybe top five top six um but that just dep- it depends on the health of their star players too so much of this comes down to just health health of the players because a lot of these the big stars get hurt and especially with the clippers Kawhi and paul george so
1: yeah yeah and i think I think the thing for the Grizzlies that – and I mentioned this actually on um, uh, my show last week was without Jaw for the first 25 games. Like, yeah, you still have Jackson. You still have Bane. You still have a couple guys that can, you know, put the ball in the basket and have shown when Ja was out that they could, you know, go off for 30, go off for 40. But their first 25 games that he's out, they face – Miami twice. They face the Clippers and the Lakers. Boston, Denver, New Orleans, Minnesota. Um, You know, his first game back, they're playing the Clippers, and then they have the Kings and the Lakers in the the next five games. So they have a super tough schedule to start. So I think if they can if they can come out of the first like twenty five games close to five, a little like maybe five games over five hundred, I would say they'll be fine this year because they're going to have an easier schedule once Morant gets into his rhythm. But if they, if this team struggles in the first, in the first month and a half, if they're struggling by the time we hit the Christmas break, um, then I I think you got to really look at how they're going to handle the rest of the season. Um, It was a great move bringing in two extra vets. Um, Cause like the, the big thing they talked about last year was that, uh, Steven Adams is the only one on that team above twenty five years old. Mm-hmm. so you got you got a bunch of you have a twenty eight year old having to be in charge of a bunch of essentially college kids and now you put in Marcus Smart, who is not going to put up with any of that. and then you have Derek Rose, who's you know been to hell and back in his career and kind of knows what's knows how to go through um, you know all these like the stretches, the losing players, stuff like that it could really kind of help guide them
0: yeah I agree it's and it's just nBA's man really comes down to attrition you know i you see that all the time guys get hurt and its you know a, a, key, a key guy here and there just literally derail the season um if the Grizzlies can stay afloat you know I think that um I think that they can you know and if they get healthy, who knows you know what they could do I, Josh so explosive and then obviously playing down in Memphis they just feed off that crowd. Um, interestingly, I want to see what the T-Wolves do this year too. Um, more so, really, uh, towns. I think the T-Wolves might be on the cusp of maybe breaking it up, making a move or something. If they don't, um, if nothing happens this season, um, obviously they're going to keep Anthony Edwards, but it might be time to move towns or go bare or one of them. Uh, and see what you can get from one of them. I don't know if you want to have both of those guys on the same team. It might be really bad spacing. but
1: Yeah, Go Bears, that was arguably one of the worst trades I've ever seen. Like I understand the star power level. like It helps your defense a bit, but yeah. what makes Anthony Edwards great is that, yeah, he can give you 20 from behind the arc, but if you let him get ahead of steam, he's going to put you on a poster every single time. Yeah. And with – cat and nas Reed it's great because they can stretch the floor they can stand on the perimeter or even if their shot's not there you have to respect their shot at least if you see Rudy gobert anywhere outside of three feet from the paint you just know he's not gonna do anything but set a screen yeah. or give a handoff so it's it kind of hurt his game he had to obviously adjust but I think if they can I no one's gonna take Rudy gobert's contract and that's the problem but if they can find a way to incorporate like some kind of a jumper for Rudy Gobert, at least there's some way to keep him away from the paint to give Edwards the room to jump. Then I think they could potentially finish the season top four,
0: yeah. And I mean, the thing I always go back and harken on, cat, because yeah, cat shoots a lot of threes, and that's I mean, that's I'm not going to tell him not to shoot those threes because that's his strength. But I just want to see him mix it up a little bit more. Maybe go down low a couple times. He, heck, right? You could run pick and roll with Anthony Edwards, and I mean, and you, I mean, that two man game would still be good. But I we'll just to see Anthony, call Anthony Towns playing the post a little bit more and then step out. But it's just he just wants to shoot threes. And I think that kind of hurt his development because I had a conversation with somebody and I, he literally is at the same could be at the same tier as Giannis and Jokic, like talent wise to. You know being mb mvp conversation but because he limits his game um by just shooting threes then that kind of hurts him because he's he's never really been hurt he's not an explosive guy he keeps kind of flat-footed so he's not like but i mean he's still mobile enough where he could you know be a defensive presence block shots and he he can literally do the and he, he can make plays for other guys he's not going to make plays like Jokic, but he can he can pass out of a double team and make the right pass so he should he can easily be a top five player if he really busted his butt, but it's just not in his DNA. I think you know he just wants to you know he wants to shoot. So um, Minnesota would be a nice number team. We're watching, um, see what happens with them this year. And yeah, because they they couldn't even move Gobert. Because I don't even know who would take Gobert. I'm trying to. I'm looking at the the roster now. I'm I don't, i do not know who. Heck, yeah! I, I can't see a team that will really trade for him that really needs him. Maybe Atlanta, they needed. I mean, you could
1: even you could even argue that if Boston really needed the defensive effort yeah. added in, they could get him. But then again, when majority of your offenses, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum go at like trying to get to the paint and playing bully ball, your that was. I think the good thing with Robert Williams is, although he wasn't you know, a good shooter. He was too small to be, you know, a big target down low. So you kind of just forgot he was there for a couple minutes at a time. Um, but you got a seven footer who you know can't do anything outside of um the restricted circle. So and it just pretty much says, okay, well we'll just collapse on you because you're gonna dump it to a guy that we're already double teaming.
0: Yeah, I know trading Robert Williams is big. I I but um so that means him and uh him and um DeAndre Aiden are both on Portland and I mean I mean you're not gonna start both of them uh, because I think Grant starts the power forward Robert Williams coming off the bench but he might be a guy that uh he might be on the market he might be getting moved here pretty soon teams um getting moved here pretty soon too I could see teams asking for him I know he's kind of had some injury problems too um the last couple years but I mean, he's only making 11 million this year, so it's team could easily fit him into their salary cap. Like, a and, and, and yeah, I, I want to see what, I want to see what else Portland does with him. I think Portland might move him and then they'd probably keep Aiden because Aiden's only like 24 or something or 25. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Well, and
1: Williams is good in spurts. I like as that's, that's the thing was you had your starting center only playing about eighteen to twenty minutes a game because he was just high energy for four or five minutes, and then if you kept him out any longer, he was going to either get in a foul trouble or get too tired to play. Yeah, and I think I think off the bench in Portland is honestly a really good role for him because if you need to play two bigs, you could have him and Aiton down there, but if not, with. um Major- all most of the players they kept last year from last year that's on their second unit were just uh like slingshotters they they were just pulling up any chance they could and they didn't have anyone to rebound so at least having uh, a guy who can eat off the glass um can really kind of help that and help kind of look for better shots and not just fling it up and get back on d
0: yeah so many question marks man so many question marks. So it's gonna be definitely a interesting, interesting NBA season. Um, I'm trying to think if we touched on everything. Couple, couple guys signed some extensions. Um, the Dallas Mavericks, Josh Green, uh, McDaniel's from the Wolves, uh, and I can't say this name, o- Okungwu from the the. A Congu from the Atlanta yeah. Hawks. Yeah, he's Atlanta. gonna
1: take he's gonna take Capella's spot by the end of this year. I think he's oh yeah yeah he's Clint Capella but twenty four.
0: I forgot they had Clint. Yeah, see, <laughs> Atlanta, has, had yeah Atlanta has
1: Everything I'm seeing, everything I've seen, like in every trend I've seen, is just. And it's not like Capella's struggling. It's just, would you rather take the you know the twenty four year old you signed for? like 10, 15 million, or would you rather take 30 year old that's gonna want at least 20 million a year? And at least with at least with this, you have like for another at least three years, you have another uh you have a pick and roll partner for Trey every year. And if they can get back to that, then he's gonna be great. I think if they if they're if they're not in a playoff spot this year, I could see Capella getting traded for some draft picks and they could try to go after you know, a power forward to fit John Collins' spot or small yeah. force they can move DeAndre Hunter to the four. But if I think I think they with the getting letting trading John Collins too, I think it just made made it that the big three now is gonna be Murray, Trey, and Akongu down low.
0: I forgot they had Clint Capello.
1: I know he's just so silent. Like you, you like yeah. he just casually just puts up 10 and 10 and you forget yeah. he's there. What's your um what's your thought on the Rockets this year? Because I think that's a team that I think a lot of people are still expecting them to be not the best, but they've put together they brought in a couple of really good pieces.
0: I want to see uh the Thompson twin as Amen Thompson. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him. Um and then I like their center, uh Sengun. Yeah, I I even said it last year, but they should run their offense through him. So if they and they they did do that, at Spurs can get the like have him initiate the offense, kind of like how Memphis used should do with, with Marcus Gasol, um, or I, I guess how Denver kind of does with Jokic in a sense. Um, but yeah, um, if I think if they run their offense through him, I think that can help all the other perimeter guys like Jalen Green and Fred Van Fleet because I watched some of their games last year, and a lot of times like Jalen Green and um and uh Kevin Porter Jr., they were jacking them shots. They just weren't playing the right way. And I know John Wall kind of spoke on that and exposed them. So um I like their other guy too, Smith. I think it's Jabari Smith. They drafted last year. I think um he looks he he's looked really good in summer league. I'm trying to pull up the roster now, but um and I and I think um I think you'll have a solid season. Dylan Brooks, as long as he keeps his head down, and stays out of trouble. I think he can um yeah, but that ain't yeah, happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, this is personality. I I forgot they got uh Reggie Bullock too, so they got some shooting. Uh Aaron Holiday, he's a veteran go- backup guard. Uh they got Victor, They Victor Oladipo in that trade. I'm not sure if he's going to stay or not, but yeah, I really want to see what our men Thompson can do. And I want to see how Jabari Smith does in the second year. And I just want to see a lot of their young guys that can't wait more. What do those guys bring to the table? You know, I already know what you're going to get from Fred Van Fleet um, and they got Jeff green, but, but how do the, how do the young talent and the veterans and that team blend together? They got a uh, email. Doka as their coach and he's a really good coach. So, I'm sure he'll get the most out of them. So
1: yeah, I and I really like I really like the Fred VanVleet signing cause, just because at first I was confused because it, you know, if Jalen Green's got the ball in his hand every play, why do you need another point guard? Mm-hmm. But I think it's especially with like the more when you watch the Rockets last year, the more if they missed a shot and the other team scored, they were flinging a shot the first five seconds. They weren't they weren't moving it. They weren't looking for a shot. They were just whoever got the first look was taking it. And I think that's what's good. I think Jalen Green might have a little bit of a down year to start just because it's, he's going from a system of, from the last, you know, six, seven years of his career of let Jalen Green do what he wants to, okay, now you got to, you know, work through a system. You have, it's not just Jalen Green and four bench players. It's Jalen Green and, you know, an an NBA champion and Jalen Green and a top defensive player and two, two big men that can facilitate the offense. So I think Fred Van Vliet's probably there just to almost like just to slow it down for whenever they get into that situation where it's just, we're flinging shots, flinging shots. Um, But I actually wouldn't be surprised if maybe not this year, but if they're still struggling next year, he could potentially be on the trade block. That's someone just, if you're, if you're like, Hey, you know, uh, Fred VanVleet, if you're if oh. if you're like, hey, you know, we're we're a lot farther behind than we thought we were. Let's try to get a couple draft picks and some players out of it. And but that that that's a long shot. That's a couple years away. But I I think I wouldn't be surprised if they sneak into the play in this year.
0: It'll be hard to trade Fred VanVleet though. in That contract, forty million.
1: Yeah, you, you, to- you know, there's someone that'll take it like last year of his deal, and just like, oh, we'll give him the money this year and pay the taxes on it.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they how they come together. They got like you said they got some young guys, I and mean, then they got some some veterans like Van Fleet, J- Jeff Green, um, Oladipo if he c- comes back. But I think Oladipo hurt his quad um, last year, so I don't know if he'll come back right away. Yeah, I think he's out still. They said game GTD. I don't know what that means.
1: Game time decision. So the- uh, he's probably not gonna play against uh, Orlando. No. But I think also a team in that same division that I think not just because of who they drafted, but just you know, to form that I think is going to be really good is um, is San Antonio because yeah, you have yeah. but you have four other starters that are like really committed to to whatever it takes to win. They're they're starting So-Shan, um yeah. I think if I read it right, they're starting him at point guard. Really. Yeah, they they had him doing reps at point guard in practice, and a couple. Of mm-hmm. I think they're wanting to try to convert him into a little bit what Ben Simmons is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As a big six eight, six nine point guard. That if you need to, you could put him down in the post, but if not, let him run the offense because he facilitated well last year. Mm-hmm. And outside of whichever Jones brother, I can't remember if it's Trey or Tyus. but with, Trey, oh,
0: yeah. Trey Jones.
1: Yeah, outside of him, I mean, your backup point guard is Devontae Graham. He's not looking to facilitate. He's looking for his points. Yeah. I think having a big man like that so it can kind of clear the space for Win Banyama down low is going to be really good for them this year. And other than Win Banyama, everyone on that team has been under Popovich's system now for at least two seasons. Mm -hmm. you got got guys that are now starting to understand the system and – I think they're, they're, I think another team that could probably sneak in top 10, top 12 at least. The Spurs? Yeah.
0: They got some, uh, look at their, their team now. They got a uh, Kelvin Johnson who's been there for a couple years. And yeah, he's been, a, he was the go to guy there. But I mean, he could still get his and, and play off Wimby Yama. I think having Wimby Yama to make everybody's better. Uh, and then they still got Trey Jones. Uh De- Devontae Graham would be able to play off Wimbanyama because he's shooting so you can space the floor. And then um De- uh what's this guy's name? Um can okay. Doug McDermott. They got they got he's a shooter, Graham's a shooter. I think Zach Collins, he's he's I think he could shoot, can't he, remember.
1: Yeah, he's a decent shooter, and they just signed yeah. him to an extension. So I think it, it's gonna be him and Wimbanyama. Yeah. Down most of the year, um, yeah. even their even their two way guys that are going to be in their G League most of the season, like City uh, City's, uh, Kasoko Kosoko was solid in summer league. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just signed uh Bediako to a contract. He didn't do half bad. I think he's one of those guys they just got him off the hustle. Yeah, and then, I mean, in all honesty, and then this guy is just my favorite spare player just from his name, Sir Jabari Rice. He played. He had like twenty five a game in the um. and and like the two summer league games he played in like his stats good they and and popovich is one of those coaches where if a player is not playing well he's just gonna sit him regardless so i think i think they built this roster um to really complement each other i mean i don't there's the one thing i see is just not everyone there's not a lot of pure defensive players on this team but when you have a seven seven center you don't really need any yeah Lock down players down low but nah. I think the big problem I saw a lot last year was they didn't have a lot of shooting and you know they kept McDermott they really focused on getting Keldon Johnson and Vassell and uh Brandon their shots to kind of get their shot in rhythm so I think I'm I'm excited to see them play this year I, I know they're going to be the big name to watch just because of Wim Banyama, but I'm really watching everyone else this year
0: I think they're they can buy into the whole team. They really buy into team defense and uh, and just obviously Wembayama's racing shots, but they'll play hard on the defensive end, um, just because you, you're going to have to for Pop. You know he's not going to just stand pat for that. But I think they'll definitely be competitive and greedy. And, um, it always just kills me with some of these teams, and they just said they're just a bad defensive team because defense is really just effort, man. It's just moving your feet. You know it's not anything anything special. I mean, talking on defense too, communicating, you know, you know, it goes a long way, but it's just effort, you know, and a lot of guys obviously aren't going to play a lot of defense early on. I get it. Like when the playoffs come, you know, you want to step it up and step it up a notch, but that's all defense comes down to is effort. Uh, I've seen, I watched some guys who kind of just like won't even really try on defense and this and that. So, um, I mean, that's gonna really determine how how far you're gonna go in the postseason. You can't tell me there's a team that that's won the NBA championship but did not play play good defense. Even okay. I mean, look at Denver last year. They got the defensive dogs like Bruce Brown and Aaron Gordon, um, KCP. These are known defenders. Um, but you know, all those guys were coming in there and just playing deep, were playing defense. Murray was playing defense. Christian Braun was. I mean. Jokic is probably the only one that doesn't play defense. No, he doesn't play defense. He's just kind. Of, he's just slow. I mean, he's just so big
1: and brawling. Yeah. There's not much yeah. you can do with it. You just gotta exactly. let it
0: happen. Exactly. Not the like everybody else around him is just you know swarming to the swarming to the ball. So um, you, you're gonna have to play, commit to defense if you're gonna want to win the championship. We we all know that. So um, yeah.
1: Which and that's and that's why I like the Bruce Brown move so much because if the big thing with the Pacers last year is they were giving up 130 a game, oh, and it wasn't even just oh, we're giving up this many points, it was we're giving up this many points, and it was mostly to guards. If you look at like the the players that had the most points, unless it was like Trey Young who dropped a 40 point, Shea dropped a 50 point game, Brunson had a couple great games against them, Jalen Brown, so they because you obviously have Miles Turner down low Mm -hmm. and. There's and there's you know you don't really need as much defensive effort when you have a guy that can average almost three blocks a game down there, but the big thing was is between Halliburton and Heald you don't have anyone that has any kind of defensive focus. They're they're too focused on offense, and I think obviously you know you can slowly put that into Halliburton when you're you have a six seven guard with a seven foot wingspan, but getting Bruce Brown who can guard the positions that Miles Turner can't, I think, is really going to – that's why I'm so high on that. I think they might make the playoffs this year. Um, And they got him on such a good deal where if, you know, let's say injury bug hits and, you know, they're that team that, oh, we got to keep the rebuild going because we just got hit with the injury bug. He's on a uh, trade-friendly contract. They can get a couple draft picks out of him too.
0: And they also got um, Obi Toppin. He played defense for the Knicks and he's he's improved. So I think he'll give them – He'll give them um, effort defensively, too. Bruce Brown's a pest defensively, and T.J. McConnell's always been a defensive pest like that. Um, they got, yeah, Buddy Hill doesn't play defense <laughs> at all, but uh, no. I like uh, Isaiah Jackson, too. He went to Kentucky. He's like he's 6'9", 6'10". Um, I think he can help on the perimeter as well. So, yeah, just got to shore stuff up on the perimeter. And um, Rick Carlisle's their coach. He's, he preaches defense, too. So, yeah, um, but, yeah, getting some defensive guys, dogs in your locker room, Will definitely help prove improve your defense overall. We've definitely seen that. So uh I I I could see the man, I could see the Pacers taking that next step. I love that they got Bruce Brown and Obi Topping because I think Tyrese Halliburton's gonna have some. Those are both good players who can get who can, who can score um off the ball. Um, especially Bruce Brown, like he he's just gonna benefit of uh, Obi Toppin. I was watching a preseason game. He literally had like four dunks, like all off oops. So I'm like, dude, all Obi Toppin has to do is just roam the baseline. He's either gonna be able to get those baseline threes like Bruce Bruce Bowen, or he's gonna get dunks just cutting to the basket. And that's all he and they did just have him in that spot and just go back and forth baseline because he could hit the baseline three. He's improved his shooting. So I think uh yeah, Indiana's gonna be a nice, fun team to watch. I want to see what they look like too. If they keep Buddy Hill, or if they move him, because he's been mentioned, has getting moved. I think he's in the last year of his contract.
1: Yeah, I think with him, they might if they're if they're fighting for a playoff spot, they're gonna they're gonna find a way to keep him and see if they can just prove to him and like try to do like a sign and trade or something
0: mm-hmm. in
1: uh, in the off Because if because if you're if you're fighting for a playoff spot and like you trade him and you can't get anything that's a similar productive level back, then you're, you're just saying we'll, we'll wait till next year. And then you waste yeah. your year with Bruce Brown and you waste another year of Miles Turner and Halliburton.
0: I agree. Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's really like, I mean, there's 82 game season, but you really don't want to miss any, any games or, you know, let any game slip at you. Uh, that you really need, honestly, I I just want to see this whole Harden situation resolved. You know, I I know, um, you know, everything else is kind of, you know, like, you know, we obviously we saw Dame lit moved, but I don't want to read. You gotta just do something with him, either you send him home or you trade him, something. But yeah, that's like the big storyline really entering the season.
1: Oh, and that's and that's the thing too, especially the story that came out about. Um, about Houston saying that what he wants uh, for his career is not in line with what they wanted. And I think that's hurting his trade value too, is because if if you, you, he openly told his old team, I want to go back and get myself back to where I was the MVP level. And they just say, if you're, if you're more worried about individual accomplishments and not worried about like the team first, then, then we're not going to, we're not going to trade away our future to bring you back into this situation. So I think that's why I think the Clippers are so hesitant to trade Terrence man too, is why would we give up one of our future stars for a guy who just, just wants to get his 30 points a game again.
0: Yep. Saying that he hasn't been around the team, so he might be subject to a fine, but I just want to see that just get resolved. It's just like a bad cloud hanging. Hanging over that that franchise's head, and I didn't think they were going to do anything this year, anyways. But that just has to get resolved. I mean, he wants to force his way to the Clippers, but I don't even think the, I don't even think the Clippers want him. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I could be wrong. I'm not, you know, privy to that. But I mean, I mean, you see how he is in the playoffs. How he's he just disappears and he just he's inconsistent in the playoffs. I watched the playoff series last year. That series versus Boston, he would look good in game one and maybe just bad in game two two. And I'm like, man, I'm like, he just doesn't have that killer instinct in him. So
1: no, and the problem is, is there's some there's some team that's just gonna take the risk. Like think like, oh, the one thing we're missing is scoring, and they're just gonna take the risk and say maybe he'll it's it's no. almost like Kyrie, where every team is like, maybe he'll stay and he'll not go A-Wall randomly. Like it, it's. I think. I think the problem is now is I've seen a lot of stuff like this is affecting, you know, Joel Embiid and his future with the team. I know there was a couple of jokes over something like, oh, Joel Embiid's going to go join, uh, Jimmy in Miami, and, I mean, you got you got a team who, you know, fumbled like four f- number one overall picks in a row, and they finally build their, finally get the process through. To get a, a competitive team, and then you just you can't seem to keep anyone with jo- with your star player. Yeah. So it's, it's do you blame Joel? Do you blame the GM? Do you blame them bringing in players that are, you know, have a history of this? Like what's what's gonna happen? I th- I think he gets he gets traded before we reach twenty twenty four, or he just he just says, oh, I'm all in, and kind of bs's his way through this year. Yeah, the cycle.
0: That's probably what he's going to do, but oh, well. All right, so then we have two games tomorrow. Uh, Lakers and Denver, and then we have Phoenix and Golden State. Looks like Draymond Green will not be playing for Golden State, sprained his ankle, so uh, that'll be interesting. I'm going to definitely try to tune in. To as much as I can of both of those games. The, the late game might be kind of hard though. If it's nine o'clock, because I'm usually in bed <laughs> by ten or so. But uh, yeah, here we here we are. I can't believe the NBA starting back already. Feels like it's it gets earlier and earlier every year. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you wanted to add?
1: No, I think um, I think a player to really watch this year is gonna be. Um, I think Devin Booker is gonna have. Um, an MVP-type season. I don't think he's going to win it because, obviously, the way Yadis Jokic and Abid play, they're going to get that conversation. But when you look at the numbers when Booker played without Chris Paul last year with KD, his numbers were increasingly better for points and assists. So I think uh, bringing him back to that point guard role is going to really help him. I'm high on him um, to have a career high in assists. I think he's going to have at least seven a game this year. But Mm. look for Bradley Beal to struggle. I think that's going to be my big thing is he plays well off the ball, but he played well off the ball in the system that was catered around him. And now the, the system is catered to him being like the Chris Bosh of the big three, the the guy that he's going to give you like 15 to 20. And occasionally he's going to give you the big, um, you know, 40 point game, but he's going to be the third scorer. And he's, it's going to take him some time to adjust to, I I like the only thing I can see in my head is how Westbrook was with the Lakers where he just had to keep taking bad shots to get his shots up, so he could get into rhythm. So I think he might struggle to start the year, but um yeah, really watch that Phoenix team. I think if if this isn't the year, then um they're gonna have to really make some huge moves in the offseason to compete.
0: Yeah, I mean they have limited resources and limited trap capital, but yeah, but you, I mean you can obviously. Finagle, we see that and like how they got rid of Aiden, But I, they put some some good pieces around them. Um, so yeah, and I will I will watch Booker. He averaged I think it said five and a half assists last year. So and that was obviously playing with Chris Paul for majority of the year. He averaged five and a half or six assists last year. So yeah, and I, I have I have seen his playmaking on display, which I kind of like. Like, you know, I like um so like he's a two guard, but he's still like makes makes you know makes plays. Uh I think it's scoring to go down. Um uh, I mean it's gonna I think it's just gonna go down naturally just cause he's sharing the ball with KD and with, with Bill. Obviously Beal's scoring is gonna go down a lot. But I think that might be good for for Bradley Beal because then the pressure's not on you all that much. And maybe he can you can stay healthier and get through the season. Um but I know like he Bradley Beal can still go off for 30 plus if they need him to so um, really no shame being a third wheel You the know, Chris, I guess the Chris, you know, that, that Chris Bosch role, because you know, you're capable of stepping up and putting up big numbers. And especially if one of those guys is out then you're instantly, you know, the man. So.
1: Yeah. And it's that, that, that <laughs> hypothetical, would you rather be the third option on a championship contending team, or would you rather be the, the go-to guy on the team winning 20 games?
0: I'd rather definitely take the chance. Exactly, yeah. I'd rather
1: the, the pressure's not on him as much. It's the same thing as like what Giannis said. He was like, I've never been this open before in my life. Like it's like it's I think I think it's gonna be a good year for Beal, but I think the first couple of months he's gonna struggle. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for him to find his shot, or it's gonna be one of those things where they all want to help each other out and none of them want to take the shots. Like when we saw last year where there was too many times where like Booker was hot, but he knew if KD got hot, they would definitely be winning. So he was just cooling himself off to let KD get his shots up.
0: Yeah. I agree. Still so much to tell. Man, I, I, I can't wait. But, I mean, obviously the games have to start. Um, and the NBA is not like the NFL, so it's not like a week-to-week thing. You know, you want to watch teams over, you know, spans. They'll, you know, play a span of games, stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely look forward to see where we're at the next time, next time we go back on the air. But uh, I think we can call it here for tonight unless you have anything else, Danny.
1: Um, I was going to say just check out our channel over at Gotham Gambling. And for frequency's sake, we're going to be posting our season-long uh, prize pick future bet. Um, tomorrow around noon, and we're gonna start um, a couple like betting challenges that we came up with this week as well. Um, last year we were up over five hundred dollars of the basketball season, so we're gonna try to see if we can hit a grand this year.
0: Nice, definitely. I definitely would tap into it. I don't, do, I don't do a lot of sports betting, but I think I want to just do more player bets and stuff like that this year. I actually tried my first parlay last year too, and I can't remember how many of them I hit, like out of the three. But uh, those are fun, so definitely.
1: Oh yeah, it makes it makes the game more fun. We used to go to all the Knicks games, and I yeah. think we made a joke that my like I only bet good when I was at the Knicks games because like <laughs> we went to twenty games and I put like one like crazy like ten dollar to five hundred dollar parlay. Yeah, and like eighteen of them would hit. Like yeah. eighteen of them hit. I was like eighteen and two on those, and I was like I just need to go. I can only bet at Knicks games now.
0: All right. <laughs> what mad at you wouldn't mind going to a Knicks game? Madison Square Garden would be something to take in.
1: Yeah, it's it's another level, man. We were at opening night. We were at um an Atlanta game. We went to a Nets game. Like it's it's another level. It's it's they could be down a hundred and they're still yelling like like it's a like it's a two point game.
0: Yeah. I hear that. Well, thank you guys for joining us. As always, I'm Samuel Diemi, and that's Danny. This is another edition of Points in the Paint, and we will see you guys on our next go-around.